conversations with prominent pastors, teachers, and leaders. This is the Pastor Well Podcast from Southern Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. Now your host, Dr. Herschel York. Hello and welcome to Pastor Well. I'm Herschel York, Dean of the School of Theology at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. I'm also pastor of the Buck Run Baptist Church in Frankfort, Kentucky. Pastor Well is dedicated to helping servants of the Lord Jesus Christ be faithful in ministry. We like to have conversations about ministry, and today I'm having conversations with uh, my two favorite guys, uh, my sons, Michael and Seth. Welcome, guys. Glad you're here. Good to be here. Glad to be here. Well, I, by way of introduction, uh, Michael uh, is uh, 36 and is pastor of the First Baptist Church of Salem, Missouri, uh, father of Henry, husband of Sarah. Uh, Seth is 34 and associate director at uh, Cedarmore Camp, a ministry of crossings ministries, uh, part of the Kentucky Baptist Convention, and uh, married to Candace, father of Stella, Herschel III, uh, Harper, and Jenny. And uh, man, first of all, let me say thanks, guys, for giving me grandchildren. Yeah, it's, the whole reason you had us. It's right. it, I, I didn't know it at the time, but no. it turned out to be. You, you know, keep reminding us of that. Yeah, uh, I enjoyed being your dad. I still enjoy being your dad, but man, the grandfather thing—it's just nothing like it. Uh, when one of those grandchildren walk up to me and hold their arms up and say, "Papa," it's just over. It's over. Um, I'm putty. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Uh, well, today I want to talk, especially about growing up in a pastor's home, and uh, we have not discussed what we're going to talk about. I'm not right. giving you any no. questions, uh, so we're this is free freestyle. Uh, Michael, my oldest. Uh, so, what was it like growing up in my home specifically, a pastor's home in general? What's your what? What are your memories? I, I have I have good memories. I I would. There's not a day of my life where I've not been in a pastor's home. You know, that that occurred to me recently. So it is all that I know. I have nothing to compare it to. I have nothing to say this isn't what is normal, what isn't normal. It's all I've known. And and it was a good life. I'm grateful. I think God was gracious, not just in the parents that he gave me, but in the churches that we served. That I think both of us had a lot of people that loved us there growing up. We had a lot of family members in the church you pastored there in Lexington at Ashland Avenue. And so that, that even was a different dynamic, but uh, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I'm, I'm curious when we left Ashland Avenue yeah. and came to Southern for a time there, you know, I was interim pastor always somewhere preaching and teaching, but I wasn't the lead pastor for right. a few years. Was that a shift in identity for you? Did it feel different? Yes. Yeah, I, I felt anonymous in a church uh, when, we, when we went to Highview. You know, the way you preach, uh, we we were <laughs> our, our sermon illustration yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing. I mean, that's not, I don't say that in a bad way. I just it, it was what what happened at school sometimes worked its way in the sermon. What happened at home yeah. worked its way in the sermon. And everybody knew me, even people I didn't know. And that that did change when we went there to Highview. But then we'd go visit the churches where you were interim. And it was, oh, yeah, they know me, and I've never seen this person before. They know intimate details of my life, and I don't. <laughs> did you ever person. resent that? No. You, you, you specifically would ask. 
I do remember one particular time you told a story that, and you asked if you could tell it, it was you and I had gone somewhere and there was a mix up at the hotel and we had to sleep in, in the same bed. And I was, a, yeah. I was becoming an adolescent. I was probably <laughs> 12 or 13 and I was restless and you put your hand on me and you wanted to talk about how, you know, when the father put his hand on his son, it it calmed him down. And when I'm 13 year old boy, I really don't want that told because I'm trying to To be impressed. Yeah. Yeah. Press girls is what I was going to say. But, um, you, you ask and I said, no. And, and you did put pressure on me and bribe me. (laughs) And, uh, wasn't above that. No, but but you never you never told anything without our permission that I know of. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Seth, you you grew up in a pastor's home where, I mean, we were in church about every day. There was something going on. I mean, yeah. whether it was evangelism explosion on uh, Thursday nights, Wednesday night service, we had you know church league sports. I mean, the, the, our lives centered around the church. Did you ever resent that? No. No, I mean, frankly, I remember when I would get home from school, I would still want to go to church. I mean, particularly my grandmother was there working and yeah, I enjoyed yeah. going there. So Tony's mom was a church janitor at Ashland Avenue. That's yeah. right. And I would remember, I mean, this is these were the people that I knew and loved. And I mean, maybe it's due to not knowing any other reality, but I yeah, mean, I, I for one loved it. And I will say conversely, then when when we went to have you, we moved there in middle school. And, and to we be were clear, there. I was not the pastor. At Correct. So we, we left Ashland where I was the lead pastor. We right. moved to Louisville where I'm a seminary professor. And we're just members of have you. Right. Uh, then and I, were, I was rarely there with you initially right. because right. I was interim pastor elsewhere and you and my, mom would take you guys. Yeah. So you were, I remember she got, somebody invited her to the singles ministry. Yeah. Like, assuming she was a, yeah. a single mom yeah. for a while. Yeah, but that 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 was a major transition in not being at everything. And if there was any struggle I I would have, it was, you know, then having the questions: Is this something we go to? Is this something we don't go to? It was far more enjoyable when it was like, "Is this who we, we are? Is what we do? We just we go, we show up, and we participate." Well, I talked to an awful lot of uh, adults who grew up in pastors' homes, and they have a resentment. Oh, we always had to go to everything. Yeah. So, why would? What do you think is the difference? Uh, why? Why did you not have that resentment? I, I think, no offense to you, but I think we took a lot more cues from mom than we realized, because I think it's easy when we're young to go. This is dad's job. You get paid to read your Bible. You get paid. To as, I, as I say, I get paid to be good. You're good for nothing. That's, yes. <laughs> Got it. Dad, Jeff. Uh, and mom was at all that stuff too. Mm-hmm. And mom didn't get paid for any of that stuff like you did and like we didn't. Yeah. And mom never complained. In fact, did it with joy. She did it with joy. And like I remember she taught a Wednesday morning women's Bible study and Seth and I would go up and we would watch kids while she was teaching this Bible study. And we got paid to babysit and she didn't get paid to teach. Mm-hmm. And I I don't think we realized to what extent we were taking our cues from her at that time. But I have 
I'm like you, I, I've heard pastors, well, you, you hired me, but you didn't hire my family. Mm-hmm. Well, you can live in ideal population zero all you want. And, you know, seeing, seeing mom embrace a life of ministry led us in, in doing that. And I think that's one thing that kept us from resentment. Well, I think it's, it's the difference. I mean, you guys know, uh, we, we all had, we were part of a Tony York fan club, mm-hmm. uh, no doubt. But I want to talk about that because uh, your mom is absolutely, I think she's the greatest pastor's wife I've ever seen. She's She has a wisdom unmatched in my experience. But hmm. uh, I, I think people need to hear, as you guys went through adolescence, mm-hmm. there you went through a stage where you just thought she didn't have a lick of sense. Mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, and shamefully, <laughs> yeah, we, we said that too, ready. <laughs> yeah, so I want to talk about that because yeah. here, here's my my theory is you always want your dad to be your dad, mm-hmm. but you want your mom to quit mothering you. Yeah, uh, and your mother was wise enough that when you guys hit that stage, she didn't feel threatened by it. She didn't go cry. She didn't get upset. She she said okay. They're listening to you now. They're not, and they don't listen to me. So it's on you. Yeah. And uh, she just she knew that that was temporary, and yeah. she she just sort of stepped back and let me be the dominant parent at that time with you guys because, as, you know, as young men grow, they they do they want distance between themselves and their mom, mm-hmm. uh, and because she handled that so well, uh, you know that you came back around as you hit adulthood. You go. Wow, that she's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And frankly, both of you call and chat with her more than you do with me. Yeah. I, I'm a little wounded by that, but I'm I'm Sorry. over it. Yeah. <laughs> it, uh, it 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 really has been a blessing to see that she had the the wisdom. Yeah. To not be offended by what is really a natural thing, and, and just, that was the theme for both for both of you. I think you. It wasn't. It wasn't so important that you had to be the voices in our ears, you wanted good voices in our ears, but you know, you always, you know, it was never a pride thing, even for mom, she was just happy that, well, at least they're still listening to you. And she allowed that to be so. And then, and one of the most impactful things I think of my uh, teen years or when I was struggling in my faith, that you enlisting other people to help speak truth into my life, uh, I'm forever grateful for that. Yeah. You guys uh, are so very, very different. Rearing you both in your, what, 21 and a half months apart or mm-hmm. something like that. And rearing you both was a challenge. I remember seeing, looking at signs, some recreational area or place and would say, fun for the whole family. And I would go, that's a lie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, same. whatever yeah. one of you enjoyed, the other did not. Right. Uh, and so it was a challenge to know, man, how to, when to make you, both uh, just like you're going to do what your brother enjoys and this isn't about you and when to give you your individual time. Uh, Michael, I remember one event down in Western Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought this was coming. Tell, tell, yeah. tell us about it. So we're at Patty's. We're at Patty's, yeah. Uh, a, a restaurant down in Western Kentucky famous for its yeah. big three-inch thick pork chops. Right. Uh, 
Yeah, I was making the comment to somebody the other day that I don't know where the universe stores the brains of males between the ages of like 12 and 22. Uh, but I was in that that period and I was just acting dumb. And I really don't even remember the incidents. I just know I was acting like everything mom said was the dumbest comment that yeah. had ever been made. I was snide. I was disrespectful. And it just kept escalating. And you said, come with me. And we went out to the van. It was in the summer, June, August, July, August. August yeah. And we had the van, you know, the the rolling the, the nice the minivan. window. Yeah, that came with the came with your ordination papers, I think. But uh <laughs> we got in there and it was, you know, it was like an interrogation hot box. Yeah. And uh, you shut the door behind us to not even let air in, and it right. was just sweltering. And and uh, again, as you know, we talked about repressed memories potentially coming out during this time. <laughs> the the one the the thing that I remember was you saying to me, "You think you're being a punk to your mother? You're messing with my wife, and your problem is is you think I won't kill you." <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> Thus ended my adolescence. I, yeah. I, I mean, think it was, I mean, I, I was let terrified you know there was, at that moment. I let you know there's a pecking order. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And I think and you're at the bottom of the pole. Yeah, yeah. I think both of us would say it was always clear in our home that you and mom loved each other more than you loved either one of us. Yeah. I remember coming home from Still school. Do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, and, and that's then, good. I think grandchildren. Because most and we move out. In. Yeah, I remember in elementary school coming home and they a fire marshal had come and talked about having a fire escape plan with your family. And I said, what are you doing? And you looked and you said, well, you and Seth need to figure how to get out because I'm going to just make sure your mom's OK. Yeah. <laughs> That's my priority. And uh, but yeah, like I said, there was a comfort and there was a security in that. And I think, again, it just always reinforced in our minds what a. Um, that f that ministry was a family oriented. It was a it was a family occupation. Mm -hmm. It was you and mom in ministry. It wasn't mm -hmm. it wasn't your life was never yeah. segmented into ministry. Family. It was just yeah. Holistic. And it wasn't like I'm the pastor. I'm going to do this stuff at church now. Tanya, you take care of the boys at home. Yeah. Right. It, it it was not that. It no. was It was always team partnership. Right. Yeah. Participation wasn't you know. It was not just there was never presence required. It was participation. I think that preserved yeah. the experience. Yeah, that's exactly right. One of the things that uh, I did when you guys were boys that I think has uh, reaped a lot of great consequences, not only in our lives, but others that have picked up on this. So when you were, I don't know, a prop set, uh, Michael, you were probably about nine years old. I told you. That when you turn 11, I'll take you anywhere in the United States you want to go. That when each of you turn 11, you're going to get a dad trip anywhere in the United States you want to go. And when you turn 16, anywhere in the world you want to go. And I, I made that a time for just the two of us to mm -hmm. go and to, and when at 11, I sort of used that to tell you what's going to happen in your body and in your life and adolescence and, those things that are, you're going to feel and experience when you're 16, we're looking at manhood. So, uh, Michael, your 11 year old trip was to where? Chicago. And uh, what all did we do in Chicago? We went uh, to the 
uh, Natural History Museum. We went to the Shedd Aquarium. Uh, we went to Wheaton. Wheaton College. Wheaton College. <laughs> we went to uh, Wheaton Church. Uh, College Church. College Church, yeah, yeah, where Kent Hughes was. Met Kent Hughes. And uh, we met at Trinity. We went to Trinity. We met Dr. Nettles and Don and Carson. And Carson, yeah. yeah. Uh, for your 11-year-old trip. For my 11-year-old trip. Uh, you you still remember that vividly? I, I do. I Incredible do. time, wasn't it? It was. It was a really good time standing in the – because it, it was April, standing on the uh, – I forget which one of the Great Lakes is there, but yeah, that, that wind waiting for – to getting in some of those museums was quite cold. And, um, yeah. It was fun. That's where we discovered Mongolian walks, I remember. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Our first Mongolian walk. You're that, was right. a, that was a life-impactful event, man. And your 16-year-old trip was uh, – London and England. Liverpool to Went go to, see some Beatles stuff. Yeah. Uh, London and saw the British Museum, British Library, uh, Westminster Cathedral, Westminster uh, Abbey, Westminster Chapel. Chapel with uh, where Lloyd Jones was. Got to go in the vestry sure uh, there, saw G. Campbell Morgan, and uh, there was a Kentucky Colonel certificate hanging on the, the uh, wall. That's right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, uh, what was uh, the pastor's name at the time? Kendall. R. Yeah, R.T. Kendall, graduate of Southern Seminary, was the pastor at Westminster Chapel at the time. He had very few things on the wall, but one that he had was his Kentucky Colonel That's certificate. Right. But uh, yeah, the the pulpit used by yeah. Campbell Morgan and, yeah. and Lloyd Jones. That was that was amazing. And then just you know your Tower of London, all that, all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. All right, Seth, your 11-year trip. <laughs> Disney World. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and uh, you still remember the details of that? Yeah. They're... What song was playing as we drove down the interstate? Uh, it's on, um, on the, the song by the Proclaimers. I'm um, going to be? Yeah. 500 miles? Yeah. 500 miles. I would yeah. walk 500 miles. That's there. right. Uh, yeah. It's amazing that we mm-hmm. remember those details, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but it was an incredible bonding time. Your 16-year-old trip? We went to Brazil for peacock bass, um, went down to uh, Rio some, and went up on um, the mountain there. We went to Iguazu Falls in southern Brazil. Yeah. Yeah, back up to Manaus where we were with friends there. Uh, Incredible trips. Mm -hmm. Uh, Both of you still have incredibly vivid memories Mm -hmm. of of those trips. Yeah, those Still things I've, I sent you a message this week of something that reminded me of our 11 yeah. year old trip. Uh, the, what a, what a bond the Lord gave us yeah. in that time. Uh, I hear from people about every week saying, Hey, I just took my 11 year old or my 16 year old on a trip. And I want to thank you for that. Mm-hmm. And they tell me what happened. And yeah. it, it's just a blessing uh, that we did that and that I've shared that with other people mm-hmm. and, uh, I'm I'm grateful for the bond that the Lord gave us. Absolutely, uh, it's just a, a precious, precious time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, what have you brought from your childhood into your own parenting, Seth? Uh, Ma'am, I, um, my wife's participation mm-hmm. in my ministry—you know—it is um, it's incredibly important for her to feel connected to what I do. I'm not a pastor, but I work in a ministry and there's so many parts of what uh, I do that's enhanced by her life and witness and testimony. She's um, 
caring for our home, as we're regularly bringing people in our home. I mean, we're just where we live in such close proximity to to uh, where I work. There's constantly people coming in and out, and she so graciously um, always keeps the home ready with four small kids. My oldest is nine, and uh, our house is already always ready for people to come into. I think I just see him. My mom's participation here, I put such a high value on that, and it has enhanced uh, my life in ministry beyond what I could articulate. Um, and then just working hard to help my kids not see a disconnect between who I am working and who I am at home. And I think the consistency, your consistency of life what I heard in the pulpit did not seem uh, against what I saw on a, well, you know, Thursday night family dinner. Uh, and I wanted them, I want my kids to feel like my home, you know, extends into my ministry. They're connected. It's not, I don't leave this thing and begin that. It's just my, my ministry, my work is an overflow of what I have in my home. And uh, my life and my marriage. Well, I praise the Lord. If 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 that's indeed true, you learned that from me. I'm grateful. And yeah. if maybe it's one of those things where you go, my dad didn't do this as well, but I'm going to do it better. That's good too. You well, know, as long as you're learning from either I'll, my successes or my failures. I'll I'm, say I'm Seth I'm both. <laughs> I'll say of Seth too. He doesn't work in vocational church ministry, but I watch, and he's very involved at Buck Run. Yeah. And uh, again seeing kingdom work is not is the call of every Christian mm -hmm. is one of the things you all taught us. Mm -hmm. And so as he's grown and and though he works in in ministry, he still prioritizes his ministry at Buck Run and he mm -hmm. seeks as a deacon and doing graphic stuff and leading a C group. Yeah. He seeks to be very involved in the life of the church because you all taught us Kingdom work is not is is for for all people. Not you don't just have for, to be getting paid for this. That's thing, right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Uh, and uh, man, we are first, last, and always churchmen. I mm -hmm. believe in the local yeah, church. It's right. it's uh, God's plan mm -hmm. uh, until Christ returns. Man, it's it's about the local that's church, right. and that's always been our value. Yeah. How about you, Michael? What what did you bring from your childhood uh, into your parenting and husbanding? Ah, uh, well. Again, I think uh, I, I want to bring uh, just a love for my wife. I think one of the things that both Seth and I have talked about is really when people talk about you, they don't talk about you without talking about mom. And mm -hmm. you all, uh, it's gross sometimes, yeah. uh, your, your love for one another. <laughs> it's, it's not gross to me. I know yeah. it's not, but uh, <laughs> there's seven-something other billion people in the world. Uh, <laughs> But, um, I, you know, you, you always prioritize time with mom and, and we, you, we had the blessing of grandparents that lived in Lexington. And, and so we were able, and so that you could, could do that. We had a date night every week, yeah. you, every week, Friday night, you spent with your, uh, maternal grandparents. Yeah. And so that, and the, the, I, the plea I have heard of your life and we even talked about this recently. You just, I've heard you say so many times, I want to be faithful. That's your goal. I don't, you don't want to appear faithful. You mm -hmm. want to be faithful. Mm -hmm. 
And I have seen you make very courageous stands. I've seen you do things to your own, uh, the perceived detriment, like the way people look at you that hurt you because you thought it was the faithful thing, because you thought it was the right thing. And uh, I, I have always just really wanted to value and prioritize, is this faithful to God? And uh, is this faithful to the con he's put on my life? And and that is what really, I mean, I tell our church, they say, well, what can we pray for you? Pray that I'm faithful. Yeah. That's that's the goal of my life. Amen. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm blessed to hear you say that. that. That is a real encouragement to me. That's what I want. You guys grew up with two very different sets of grandparents. Yeah. yeah. All right. So my dad was a pastor mm -hmm. uh, and Tanya's dad was not. That's not, how I describe it. Not. Yeah. Uh, uh, so how, how did that feel growing up with two? You you loved both sets mm -hmm. of your grandparents immensely, and they're, but they're so very different. Mm -hmm. And you and you would go into those homes and have two very different sets of values mm -hmm. lived out. What was that like? How did that feel? I mean, I, I think for us, it was you know, my, our relationship with with uh, mom's mom and dad. It was you know, we spent a lot more. We spent more time with them, but we also saw that because they lived of, close. They lived close, and they mm -hmm. and they um, you know they had a more open schedule. They yeah. definitely had more open schedule. They did less, but and then Pappy, you know, who which we call him, he was not a believer, and um, you know, for that, you know, we we always saw that as ministry opportunity mm -hmm. and loving on him. It was a, always that person came to mind. You know, think of somebody that we prayed for him. Yeah, yeah. like your whole lives. Well, uh, we 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 prayed for his salvation, and he loved us so much that the few times he did come to church yeah, were in support us. of us. Yeah. To hear and, you preach and, or teach or something. Or, you know, when we were in kids musicals. Yeah. And I think Seth and I were very cognizant from a young age of how God was using us. And, you know, one of the things about being a past kids, one of the things you helped me see that you said your dad helped you see is God knew what home he was putting us in. Right. Right. It, God, you know, the stork didn't make a wrong delivery. We we were designed, we, God intentionally put us in the home of a pastor. And God intentionally put us with one set of very faithful Christian grandparents. Mom's mom became a Christian shortly after you all were married. Pappy didn't become a Christian until the end of his life. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the thing is, though, is as a pastor, especially in a rural area where I am, I see how God has used that because if I had just grown up so insulated with nothing but ministry and nothing but theology, I mean, Pips and I would talk about, your dad and I, we would talk about theology in the church and Pappy would say, hey, let me show you how to hotwire a car. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. you know. Um, tell tell the story about the time Pappy had you put wood in the back of the van. Oh. We were driving on uh, Old Paris Pike in Lexington, and there's a bunch of wood stacked up at the corner of this very long driveway. It was out in the country, and there were all these long driveways. They had some wood stacked out there, and Pappy pulled up, and I don't know, I was eight or nine, and Pappy had one of those old Astro vans, and he said, hey, why don't you go load that van up, with, or why don't you go load the van up with wood? And so I go, and, and I put it up there, and Pappy says, okay, oh, it's, if it's on the curb, 
uh, it's it's free and I'm loading it and so I get it all loaded. He goes, get in quick. And and I my eyes get real wide and I jumped in and I said, Did we just steal that? He goes, No, you did. <laughs> <laughs> that was your grandfather, and that's yeah. you know, uh I think some especially Christian parents feel like they need to protect their yeah. children from yeah. One or both of their sets of parents because they don't have Christian values. Yeah. We, we, you were very upfront. You don't say what Pappy says. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. We were like, don't, you can't repeat what he says. I remember one time you did yes. when you're like three years old. Yes. Out it came. And yeah. I went, where did you hear that? Well, Pappy says it all the time. Yeah. And, uh, don't do what Pappy does. Uh, he's taught me how to spit. Mom yeah. didn't like that. Uh, so I, I did not want to protect you. Uh, right. You know, we were not trying to hide you from influences of the world. We tried to get you to think through those to, things. Have to process it this way. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and to have a Christian worldview mm-hmm. of how that, yeah. uh, how you think about things, whether it be literature, uh, music. Uh, I wanted you to be well read. Um so I, we didn't protect you from no. things. We we talked about how to think Christianly. Everything from your grandfather to some yeah, media secular media book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that and and that's another thing. Yeah, you know, I, I call it car seminary. Um, and you did it with me. We mm-hmm. I remember us driving around, and sometimes you would just play devil's advocate and ask a theological question. When we were kids, we always had Bible stories in the car that you told us. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember us listening to sermons, yeah. but you telling the story was a bonding thing mm-hmm. and and shaping before we could read how we read Scripture. Right. You know, this is, Samson, yeah, he's strong, but he's not the point. And yeah. um and so this is one of the things that I, you know, Henry and I will go to Sonic and we'll sit there and we'll order and while we're ordering, we'll just talk through some stuff and mm-hmm. and, and and just always be teaching and, and sharing so that, like Seth said, it's not a part of your life. It's This really is all that we're about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we had a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, uh, we tried to take you places and expose you to things. Uh uh, so, Seth, what was uh, what was the worst vacation we ever had? It was to a place called Tyler, Texas. Tyler, Texas. Yeah. Infamous Tyler, Texas. The seventh concentric circle of hell in Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> if there's anybody in Tyler. Sorry, yeah. mainly because you live in Tyler. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah, this. but it was compounded because we could have gone anywhere. Yeah. 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 The thing the is, someone offered says, us yeah. a timeshare. A, a timeshare. And, and yeah. so we got this big, thick catalog of all these cool places to go. And this is the one. Oh, this, yeah. This and that, that was one so thing exciting. we all lay at mom's yeah. feet. Oh, yeah. Seth, Seth and I are looking through it. And, yeah, and like you said earlier, that you're seeing, uh, you know, the world. I remember Seth, go. I think Vancouver was one of the places you really yeah. wanted to go. And Vegas is where I really wanted to go. And, uh, it's Mom Tyler. Tyler, Texas. Yeah. Sway back now. And we went there. It was just the most disappointing place imaginable. And it was also. So we take back all the nice it things. Was the, yeah. <laughs> That's right. It was the week I went deaf in my right. That's right. Yeah. And I was nauseated and my balance was off. It, it, you know, I just had what they call sudden onset hearing loss. And it, it just was bad all the way around. Yeah. Uh, and it's the one thing we all still. Really tease her about and yeah. blame her for. 
<laughs> she's not here to defend herself. That's right. Uh, but uh, we had know. some we had some uh, other interesting trips. Uh, I remember uh, 1997, March of 97, going way up in the Amazon. Yeah. Uh, up at uh, Samauma on Lake yeah. Zanaka. And yeah. uh, it was rainy season, which is the worst time to be in the jungle. The rainy season is really, really muddy and Michael nasty. Michael almost Michael, himself. Himself. Michael, Michael, yeah. Michael did get electrocuted. I did get electrocuted. <laughs> yeah, just didn't kill him. But, That's right. Uh, you know, yeah. but you when were exposed a, to those things. When you use a clothes, uh, a line, a wire for both hanging clothes during the day and carrying current at night. Yeah. It's fun. And you happen to grab it at night <laughs> at the wrong time, right? Yeah. Uh, but man, I'm just going to tell you that it, it was a joy having you guys grow up in our home. And, uh, mom and I are so incredibly proud of you. And, the women that you marry yeah. are amazing. Yeah, we, agree. We, that's another thing we learned how to way outkick our coverage. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the goal. That's why would you want to do less than that, right? Yeah. And you both did. I'm very proud of that. Um, and I, I'm just I'm just thankful to be your dad. It's a joy to watch both of you serve the Lord and love your wives and kids. Uh, so I appreciate you being here on Pastor Well today. I always like to close with uh, what I call twinkling of an eye around, just some random questions. Uh, right. And so I'll just sort of alternate back and forth. Okay, okay. here we go. Uh, Michael, your uh, your top three guitarist. Top three guitarist, uh, Dwayne Allman, and I'm gonna go. Uh, Richard Thompson and Michael Bloomfield. I'm surprised Django didn't get in there. No, I, mean, I thought you meant rock, but I, mean, good. I still, I, those are the three <laughs> I listen to the most. All right, all right. You asked the question, I answered it. Okay, you did, you did. Seth, <laughs> yeah, your your favorite secular book? Oh, um, man, probably the one I go back to the most um, would be the Creating Magic by Lee Cockrell. What, how about your, what, uh, what Christian book has most influenced you recently? Uh, definitely it's The Way of the Dragon or The Way of the Lamb by uh, Jamin Goggin and Kyle Strobel. It has been a real uh, paradigm shifter for me. Really? Mm-hmm. Enjoy it that much? Oh, yeah. Uh, people around me probably get sick of hearing me oh, talk, about it. Quote it and <laughs> yeah. talk about it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Michael, what would be your dream car? I don't know. Uh, the, the, you don't care about cars? No, the Tesla Cybertruck. Hey, are you serious? <laughs> oh, I, I just want to break wow. the windows on it. How about you, Seth? Your your dream car? Uh, Land Rover uh, Defender, '80s model Land Rover Defender. See, okay, right here. This, this, this is one of the yeah. differences between the two of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah just yeah. something James Bond would drive. I don't care. Something okay. British and cool. Favorite movie? Favorite movie? I'd probably go Annie Hall. And how about you, Seth? Um, Argo. Movie Argo. Both of you are wrong. The answer is Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, if you could go anywhere in the world right now, where would you go? London. How about you, Seth? I think, uh, is it, am I with my spouse or not? Yeah, with her. Uh, we, I think we'd like to go to, um, to England together. Okay, where yeah. would you go without her? Um, I would probably take some crazy expedition uh-huh. somewhere. That she would some, not want to do. That she yeah, would not, some adventures, climb something or not want to do. All right. Yep. Your favorite sermon of mine. 
favorite sermon of yours. I've been preaching through Esther, and it's really helped me have a good appreciation for your for such a slime as this sermon. Okay, Seth. Man, I'd almost I'd probably want to pick a series. Um, I don't know. That's tough. I feel like you um, you're a series of outsiders in First Peter. Uh huh. Was I've revisited that a lot, and it's been helpful for me and in, in um, studying Gen Z recently, and even uh, call it, deal with a lot of college students. That's helpful uh, background knowledge to have on talking to them. Well, I will conclude with this. My favorite thing about both of you, in, in addition to your wives and children, is that you both have a real heart for the Lord mm. that blesses me every day. And I have, ne- I never ever put pressure on you or insisted that you be a preacher no. or in full time ministry. But I did say you have to honor the Lord Jesus. That's right. that's what I want out of you more than anything else out of your lives. And I want to say thank you to both of you for doing that. Yeah, it's been a real de- delight to have you here on Pastor Well, guys. Uh, I hope that uh, if you have not yet subscribed to Pastor Well, you'll do so on your favorite podcast app. Watch us on YouTube and and give us a thumbs up. We appreciate uh, you tuning in today for Pastor Well.